evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson with Reader Views in Austin, Texas. And I'm Victor Volkman with Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 100 in our series. Now, before we launch into tonight's topic, I need to tell all our listeners that we've changed our newsletter subscription system. So what does this mean? Basically, you need to go back to authorsaccess.com, go click on Receive Updates in blue in the left-hand side, and then you'll be the first person to know when each of our new podcasts come out. Again, the old email newsletter notification system was dropped and we replaced it, so you'll need to resubscribe. Just click on Receive Updates on the Authors Access homepage. Tonight's topic is, Our Press Release is Still an Effective Way to Market Your Book. And our special guest will be Paul Crouppen. You can learn more about all of our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear your questions and comments about tonight's show. Please send them on to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight we are honored to have Paul J. Crouppen, the former U.S. government scientist and once-upon-a-time lawyer, which we believe is the best kind. This author of numerous books, including the book, Trash Proof News Releases, which I recommend to all my authors. So if you're one of my authors and you're listening, please read this book. And he's the inventor of a search engine technology and is also known as an alpha dog publicist who would much rather be fishing on the Columbia River, which is less than a mile from where he lives in eastern Washington state. He's has hundreds and hundreds of publishing clients who range from New York Times bestsellers such as Dan Brown, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, and Andy Andrews to first-timers and seasoned self-publishers and small press publishers we know and talk on with all of the online discussion group lists. His favorite quote, You can reach happiness and success when you help the people you can help the most get rich at the same time. Wow, that's really cool. Good evening, Paul. Hello, how are you doing? Well, it's really great to have you on uh, with us uh, on the telephone all the way from uh, way up north uh, east. And uh, it's really interesting also that you're number 100 to um, be interviewed. So uh, this is kind of a milestone, and uh, I'm glad to have you online. So, well, I really appreciate it. It makes me feel like a, you know, a real old timer being number 100. <laughs> Yeah, this is great. So, first of all, uh, before we get into some of the things that we are going to talk about, I would like you to give us clarity on the difference between a press release and a news release. Oh, well, actually, I don't think there is a difference. Once upon a time, people looked at news releases as being something that really was more focused on something that's late-breaking, current events, hot news, something straight you know, out of current events, I think it's sort of been very, you know, confused over time and has sort of lost any distinction it might have as far as immediacy goes. Uh, most people don't distinguish between a news release or a press release. I think the real difficulty people have is in writing either, whatever they want to call it. It's a pitch to media. You know, they, they don't realize that. They don't really understand what the purpose of this document is, and that's where they go astray. So when you talk about uh, a pitch to media, what is under the umbrella of media? Well, in the old days, I mean, let's go back just t- 10 years. 10 years ago, right when the Internet came out, you know, uh, you know, we still had prime media occupying most of what people called media. And so that included daily newspapers, weekly newspapers, magazines, and then the, uh, the electronic media, uh, radio and TV stations and shows. And then you had media that provided the content, uh, the mass content to these, to, these, to these primary print and electronic media, and that included news services and news syndicates. And, of course, that's the prime media. Underneath that, you have the newsletters. And newsletters uh, came about from private organizations, nonprofits, profit organizations, professional organizations, to basically provide a print vehicle. It used to be delivered on paper. 
directly to memberships. And so that, too, represented a media, a publication intended to educate, provide news, education, or entertainment, something of value, uh, you know, to an audience. Um, now, 10 years goes by, and now we have the Internet, and we also have a large number of spin-off technologies. Nowadays, you, you have the Internet itself. Uh, of course, beyond just the Internet yourself, you have email. And then on the Internet, now you've got new search engines, You've got specialized search engines, you've got e-signs, you've got newsletters, you've got blogs, you've got libraries, you've got wikis, uh, you've got mailing lists and discussion groups, you've got forums and article post sites, you've got audio podcast sites, video sites, and now social media. Each one of these, there's now over 20, 25 different types of spin-off media technologies. And, of course, the real question is, how do you get on those technologies? How do you get featured? And how do you get, you know, good coverage in all these areas? And really, what's what's amazing to me is, is that it comes back down to what do you offer the media? And that's the core document still used today. I call it a news release. And the question that most people have is, okay, if i got to do this, what is a news release? Exactly, and that was going to be my question. So now let's go into what is this news release that these new forms of media, I just want to reflect back to what you had just said, that 10 years ago the media was considered one thing. Now, you know, 10 years later, or actually even just within the last year, things have changed. You know, newspapers are getting to be something of the past because why would I buy a newspaper today when it's history already, I heard the news yesterday. So, you know, things have really changed and online. That's the big thing. And so I'm really glad that you mentioned all these different types of outlets that are under the media. But then what exactly is a news release? Let's look at what I think a news release is. I'm going to, I'll give you a definition. And it's a definition that you know not everybody will acknowledge or recognize or agree with. But I'll give you my definition because I do this for a living. A news release is the key deliverable that's used by someone who wants publicity and who's make, you know, is going to try and pitch it, pitch to get coverage at a media. And so it's much like a resume for job seekers or contractors for contract seekers. And what happens is that you prepare this document, this communication, and if it works, you get coverage. And it could be an article in the newspaper, an interview on radio or TV, or the information about you that you want to see used is placed in front of an audience of people who can hopefully take action based on what they learn about you. That's what a news release does. Now, my definition is really simple, though, and there's so much confusion over this one simple question. My definition of a news release is this. It's a written proposal, and it contains a request for media coverage, and it also includes an offer and or an offer to provide the media the content needed to achieve that end and get the job done. In other words, it's a written proposal to get published, to get published in print or to get exposure, coverage on radio or TV or in an interview like this one. Um, you send a news release to a media person and they make a decision. A media decision maker is who you really need to send your news release to. And as we were just talking, in the old days, we used to be able to do that by fax, by email, by street mail. You could make a phone call, or you could basically get a reference, a referral. Um, it was done in person. Nowadays, you have technologies which will still allow you to reach people by fax or email. Fax is really going down. Uh, I have to tell you, with costs of, of paper and toner and the fact that these machines sit and just crank out one, you just imagine in, in the time that one news release is printed, and distributed, an email can be given to thousands of people. Uh, you know, and so the technology has changed dramatically. What's really interesting is that people still have preferences how they like to see it, and that's because they work in offices and they have to respond to the, the, the workplace that they're dealing with. And depending on the type of decision-making they are making and the processes they're working in, different types of technologies fit better. Some people prefer email. Some people prefer faxes. The real question is, is, is not what a media prefer. It's what works the best for the author or the publisher who's trying to get the publicity. Um, so, anyway, that's, that's the definition, and that's okay. really what we do. We present a written proposal to get media coverage and an offer to provide the content needed, and we give that to a publisher. And so you just mentioned, uh, Paul, that it, 
to quote you, if it works, you get coverage. So let's talk about that, if that if it works. And so what are the key points for if it works? Well, you have to really understand why this is so hard to do. Um, you got to put yourself inside of the head of a media person who's receiving your news release. Well, first, you know, they're going to basically make a decision, and that decision is to write about you or interview you. And so when your news release goes in, that's the decision that's first and foremost in their mind. Um, of course, if it's, a, it's not a yes or a no because this, there's this goal you have of maybe just opening the door. Maybe you don't want to have the door slam shut in your face. Maybe you need to still convince them. So you're trying to get them to say yes to considering this idea of giving you media coverage, writing about you or interview. So a maybe allows you to get the door open and send more information. And so what you really need to do is recognize that if you get the door open, then you have to send information that's going to be more persuasive and leads them to an answer that says, yes, I'll give you an article, or I'll write about you, or I'll interview you. Now, in order to get that decision yes, you have to really look at what they do in their jobs and how they make a living and where their income comes from. Media make their income from one of two sources, um, subscriptions, in other words, their publishers and people are paying for their content, or else the advertising revenue that they get because of the number of subscriptions that they have. And, you know, this is reality. It, even on blogs, it's the number of eyeballs which determine, you know, their popularity. Um, it's the number of subscribers who are willing to pay for those newspapers, magazines, or, you know, who are buying the advertising that's on CBS or NBC or, or CNN. That's how these people survive and thrive. And de de depending on the quality of the content, that's what determines how many people stay and watch and give value to you know, give income back to the, the publishing organization. And so it, once you realize that they make their income off of subscriptions and advertising and that all revolves on the number of people who are watching, then you realize that the bottom line is that they're publishing to pay their bills and make a profit, and they need quality content to survive and thrive. And once you realize that, then you have to realize that you, know, you have to give them what matters to them. People pay to receive what they publish, and the advertising pay to be in front of their subscribers. So the content is what really matters. And so the news re release represents the major so potential source for content that audiences will pay for. And, uh, you know, you have to put that type of content, that publishable content, right in front of an editor and make it really easy to say, to say yes. Now, to do that, there's really just a couple of questions that the media is asking. And, and this is probably one of the most insightful little tidbits you'll see is, is that there's three real questions that the media asks when they receive a news release. And they look at this constantly. Um, and you'll see it in how they respond. Is the first question is, how many people in my audience are going to be interested in this? And then the second question is, well, what's in it for my audience? And the answer to both of these questions has to be a lot. In other words, a lot of people in the audience have to be interested. And then it has to have a lot of value. And the value can be news value, educational value, or entertainment value. And if you don't have those things, you don't pass go. Now, if you do have those things, in other words, if you're talking in a newspaper or something that has families reading it, you know, divorce is a good topic, great topic. Why? Half the people in the audience are married, and half the people are going to be divorced. And half of the people who are married are contemplating divorce or facing divorce issues. So divorce is interests a lot of people in an audience. And now if you walk in with either entertainment or education about how to deal with divorce, there's a lot of value in your, in your discussion and what you're – so the, the, that's the demonstration is that you have to always interest the maximum number of people, and you've got to give them value. And then even if you do that, there's this last little question. How easy is it for me, the publisher, to do my job? In other words, what's the cost? I have, you know, how much money does it cost me? How much time and effort do I have to invest in you to give you the coverage you want? In other words, do I have to hire, you know, have, uh, hire one of my staff journalists? Do I need a freelance writer? Or did you give it to me, and all I need to do is verify it, cut and paste it, and go on to the next project? So the answer to the cost question is it has to cost the publisher, the media, very little to do their job. And basically, this is the, the, the gauntlet that we run through whenever we send out a news release. Wow, that is a really, uh, really eye-opening uh, set of information that you've given us. 
let's let's break it down and and find out what do we really need to do to write the news release that re- that really works and gets some media attention. Well, I uh, I have a. Uh... You know, I can give you some examples, you know, which are probably really easy. You know, I mean, content-wise, you know, what I normally do is I ask my, my authors to basically imagine that they're standing in front of 25 people. And these 25 people, they, they're, they're people who, you know, would be interested in their, pro- their product or their service or, or their writing if they were to get information about it. And uh, now you, you say you have this challenge in front of you. I'm going to give you three minutes, three minutes to basically knock their socks off. You're going to, st- you know, pick out the most important problem or challenge or the funniest thing, the most unusual thing, and you're going to pick out this one issue, and then you're going to talk for two minutes and galvanize people. You're going to say things that are just so powerful and so overwhelming. You're going to basically be as good as you can possibly be. You're going to be uh, give the best advice, the best actions, and the best anecdotal stories, um, the best you can be. And you're going to do this in, in three minutes with the goal of getting at least half the people in the audience when you're done talking, to come flying out of their chairs and hand you money saying, I've got to have it. So you've got three minutes to knock their socks off, and the goal is to, to, to get them to hand you money. Now, that three-minute talk is what we need from an author. Now, there's a number of different ways to do this. Uh, the, if you, you, know, and you, you know, a person can basically find out how the media covers their topic just by opening up a new search engine and searching on their keywords and then studying you know, what's being published by CBS, NBC, NBC, major newspapers, Wall Street Journal. The new search engines are a powerful tool to identify this. But if you do that and you start to really study what's being published, it almost doesn't matter. It comes down to about, oh, 10 or 20 different really key topics that you see again and again, but they're all specific to different people. And so, you know, here's, here's some of them. A dramatic personal story that describes achievement in the face of adversity, uh, you know, some some success in the face of tragedy, you know, uh, a problem-solving tips article on a timely topic that shows how, how you know, you can help people, um, an innovative product or a service that people want because of the remarkable benefits, the breakthrough it offers, um, dramatic and interesting photographs, new developments or situations that affect a lot of people in a really unique way. Uh, personal battles between the forces of good and evil, David and Goliath, is, is classic stories. You know, little people winning against big, gigantic organizations. Uh, truly heartwarming tales or stories with happy or remarkable endings. Um, there's a best-selling series. One of my clients, Chicken Soup for the Soul, they sold 170 million books, Chicken Soup for the Soul, 204 books in the series, um, all off of true heartwarming stories with happy or remarkable endings. Um, you know, these things are out there to be studied and to be modeled. In fact, I have a technique. It's called the three-eye technique. We can talk about that a little later. Um, but there's more different types, new effective techniques, tactics to improve a problem or a situation, new forms of creativity, uh, stories that make people really feel things, fear, howling with delight, experiencing intense desire or want, um, explaining away mysteries that confound a lot of people, news, analysis, commentary on controversial issues or topics. Uh, localized stories, um, you know, that talk about the local people and how they're involved in something. Um, anything unusual, wacky, uh, hot products, activities, situations, mouth-watering recipes, you know, uh, educational information, hard to believe, never before revealed, fascinating news. You know, this this is the type of things that you you know media look for day in day. Right, Paul. I know you've had some some amazing successes with the dramatic personal achievement in, in the face of adversity plus humor. Maybe you could just walk us through two or three. Let's talk about the, my little formula for success. Okay. Uh, the formula for success is, is I, I came up with this uh, little formula actually flying to Los Angeles, getting ready to, to speak to an organization. I was on a plane, and I said, oh, my God, you know, what is so common about the success stories? This was 10 years ago. And I, I, I basically just, you know, was on the plane one day, and I got a little piece of paper, and I started flipping through the newspaper, just taking notes. I, and, and I came up with these five elements, and it was like these five elements, you know, once you hear them and see them, um, 
they're everywhere. You know, I mean, and not only that, if you look in the media, um, you'll see these hot buttons being pushed day in, day out, article after article, everywhere you look. Um, and so this little magic formula is really handy. And so here's what it is. It's, uh, it's DPAA plus H. And the D stands for dramatic. The P stands for personal. The first A stands for achievement. And the second A stands for adversity. So that's achievement in the face of adversity. And the H stands for humor. So the DPAA plus H stands for, you know, dramatic, personal, achievement in the face of adversity, plus a little humor. And so if you take a look at the front page of USA Today, uh, you know, coverage on the news, network TV, uh, any, you know, any episode of Oprah or, you know, or, uh, any, any, any show, even the, even the ads, you will see DPAA plus H in action. And what's really amazing is, is that, you know, you, you, you look out at this formula and where it is and how it is placed in front of us, and you, and you realize that this is what the American public craves again and again, and it's used everywhere. And the reason why it's used is that it, it triggers really strong emotions. And uh, there's a reason why DPAA plus AE and H works. It's, it's, it's because as a culture, you know, we work really hard. We tend to be, you know, live bored, semi-humdrum lives. And, you know, we don't like feeling lukewarm about anything. We, we really enjoy our lives when we feel the, the human spirit soar. We like to see things, you know, people triumph in the matters of the heart. Through We like to people, see people succeed through hardship and even tragedy. And, you know, basically when we then watch TV, read newspapers, listen to radio, we really ask the media to transport us out of the daily drudgery of our lives and into a really powerful personal feeling of exhilaration. It's these extreme emotional states of living life on the edge. This is what really gets us going, it, and, it, and it fills us with hope, and it motivates us. It gives us intention. It, it you know, it, it inspires us. And what's really amazing is that it also gets us to open up our wallets and our pocketbooks. This is how we decide to spend money. So, Paul, you had uh, mentioned, uh, you know, you work with New York Times bestsellers, and, of course, uh, you know, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen are the household names with Chicken Soup of the Soul. And uh, I remember when, um, I know Mark Victor Hansen, and I remember when he first started the book, and, you know, it was just the idea. But... And, of course, you know, people know them, and so when the press release comes out or a story comes out on them, people can relate. But what about, Paul, the, the no-name, first-time, self-published author? How do they break into the media with news releases? Well, I've got to tell you, um, each time I, even when I work with the New York Times bestsellers, the media basically imposes the same questions on everybody. And... I honestly don't even see much of a difference in the response that we get from best-selling authors who are coming out with a new product to, you know, first-timers who we're also trying to break them in. Um, the media doesn't care about the book. They don't really care about the name. What they care about is, is the, uh, you know, what's in it for the audience and what sort of value do we bring. And, um, you know, in all honesty, content is king. Uh, you know, and, and what's really interesting is that even successful people, especially people who are really successful in marketing, um, they try to use news releases to sell product. It's the biggest fatal error you can make. The media abhors people who are basically asking for free advertising. The media will not give you free advertising. They'll only publish news, education, or entertainment that their audience is willing to pay for. And this is what you have to give them. Um, there's no way around it. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, I have tremendous success with first-timers, and and it's sort of amazing um, because, you know, it, 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 it just comes down to whether they really can tell a real story that relates to real people. In fact, I have another little poem I wrote um, years ago, and I can, I can share with you this, this another little formula for sex, success, and it goes like this. Basically, you... Are in your news release, you have to do the following, and it goes like this. Um, if you're the editor receiving this, this is what they, t they told me over, over many, many years of sending out news releases. It goes like this. Um, here's what I want, they say. Uh, tell me a story. Give me a local news angle, which basically appeals to my audience. 
Now, touch my heart or make me laugh or cry. Teach me something new. Astound me or amaze me. Make my stomach churn with horror or fear. Hit me in my pocketbook. In other words, make me or save me money or turn me on. Now, in a news release, and it doesn't matter who you are, you have 30 seconds to do this. You have to hit as many of these hot buttons as you can in the headline and in the first paragraph or so. Otherwise, you're going to lose them. And if you do that, then they'll read the rest. I want to talk, uh, Paul, about the title of the press release because this is the first thing that anybody sees, either uh, the media or even if the media does pick it up, the potential reader. So let's talk about the title and the important. Really important. Probably one of the most important aspects of this is the headline. Let me back this up a little bit because headlines are important on not just news releases, but headlines are really important in all the new technologies and media, and this is why it's so crucial to really understand this. What's a headline? Let's talk about what is a headline, and, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll relate it to both news releases and all the technologies and, that we're using. You know, a headline is an attention-grabbing short phrase, right? Mm-hmm. That simple. It could be an email subject line. It could be the lead on a story it could be the lead in the news release, and of course, you know it, it's probably the the lead you know uh, that the host or the anchor you know, says when they're talking about what's coming up in the news tonight. Um, so it's a galvanizing nugget, a good little tiny golden nugget of information. And what's really interesting is is that now, of course, even right down with Twitter, what's Twitter? 140 characters. It's micro content. It's short. It identifies the crucial impact or event. It identifies who's involved and who's affected. It identifies how much the effect is or how many people are affected. And this is the key thing to recognize is that headlines, email, subject lines, tweets, you know, these are all nuggets of galvanizing clarity which attract attention. And so when you bring in these, the DPAA plus H, you can boil it down to four, five, six, seven words. And that's what you're looking for. Now, there's a way to learn how to do this. Um, if you go out there and, and do, a, again, a Google News search, you can stare at the headlines. If you go to the cover of USA Today, you can see how USA Today writes their headlines. You can basically, you know, use my 3i technique. Now, let me talk about the 3i technique just for a second. 3i technique is, is a technique to basically present media with something that looks like it belongs where you're presenting it. And so if you want to be in USA Today, you study the headlines from USA Today and you see a five-word headline or you see five or six five-word headlines, basically you do, you've now identified your success story. There's USA Today and there's your example success stories. And you use these as a model. So that's the first eye, identify a success story. Second eye is imitate it. If they wrote five words, now you're going to write five words. If they wrote six words, you're going to write six words. And the last eye is innovate. Innovate with your own information. So if you see a headline that says uh, parenting tips from Nepal (laughs) or from Timbuktu or, or, you know, like uh, 10 ways to deal with parenting stress in in a certain problem area, Um, you can pick any topic you like. you know, here's, I'm looking at the cover of People magazine that says, Angie, the kids in our future, and it's Angie and Brad Pitt, you know, talking about parenting. Um, you know, you can basically mirror that, and you can match it style and uh, content-wise and create your own headline that looks like it belongs there. Um, now, that technique is really va- really valuable. Um, what happens is, is that, um, you know, I, I, and let me just, try and wrap this up because this this attention grabbing short phrases is so valuable and I want to transition to where why it's so important um, if you do really study these and I really study these a lot because this is probably some of the most crucial writing copywriting that a publicist can do um, you'll see uh, you know I, I basically identified there's like seven key categories for headlines that really work well um, and you know basically they go like this here's here's my seven key categories of headlines that really work well. Uh, Problem identified, that's number one. Problem warning, problem two, that's number two. Number three is problem solved. Number four is someone's in trouble. Number five is someone saved or rescued. Number six is something bad happened. And number seven is something good happened. Now, those are headlines that work really well. 
and I can basically just stare right at the cover of Google News today, you know, and stare at the New York Daily, uh, the New York Daily News, and here's the headline: Oprah Winfrey is to end the celebrated TV talk show in 2011. Or here's uh, ABC: uh, Oprah announces canceling show. Four words. There's a headline, and and what is it? And you know, what's what type of news is it? Um, problem warning. Uh, something bad happened. Uh, these are the types of headlines you see. Uh, Senate health care bill faces crucial first vote on Saturday. Uh, problem warning. That's the category. Uh, the European Union selects a new president. That could be something good happen. Um, problem solved. These are the types of headlines that work the best. Great. Uh, Paul, let's just bring it back a little bit. I know a lot of our authors are uh, fiction writers. Is, is there any way that fiction writers can participate in this type of stuff? Well, I don't really see any difference. Um, I used to actually write two different types of news releases um, for, for uh, non-fiction versus fiction, but over the years I've, I've, I've really gravitated, gravitated against doing that. And that's because, again, what we've learned about what the media wants um, you know, and what really is, is crucial to understand, and this is experience talking. I send out over over uh, a million news releases a year, and we watch what happens. I work with you know uh, hundreds to thousands of clients a year. I've been doing this for 25 years, and what's really amazing to me is that the type of book you have doesn't matter to the media. And I'll say that again: the type of book doesn't matter at all. I work with fiction authors, I work with nonfiction authors, I work with ebook publishers, I work with independents, small press, self-published, all the way up to bestsellers, you know, uh, who are published by mainstream authors. It doesn't matter what type of book. The media doesn't care what type of book you've written. Um, I used to distinguish fiction from nonfiction, uh, but it doesn't matter anymore. Um, you know, what really matters is whether or not you can turn people on with what you say and or what you write. Um, the media doesn't care about the product at all. They're only interested in publishing the news, education, and entertainment. They couldn't care less about whether you wrote a book or have one available for sale. Um, to most media, the fact that you wrote a book, it's just a credential to you being a person who's qualified to give a newsworthy comment. Um, sure, if they like the book, if it has value added, um, you know, especially in front of a particular audience, they may choose to write about the book. But then the question is, what are they going to say? Um, you know, you just don't want to, you know, have an, you know, information about the book title, the price. You, you want to have that galvanizing quality content that interests lots of people, that demonstrates that it has real value for them. You can do that with fiction as well as with nonfiction. It just doesn't matter what type of book you wrote. You have to be interesting. You've got to give people things that satisfy the audience, you know, and, and get them really enthused. Um, I have seen... You know, fiction authors talk about whatever topic they wrote about, about the characters they've developed, about the issues they, they dealt with, just as though it was live real news that, you know, matters. And, and what really matters is not whether it's scientific and factual and, and you know, expert. It matters whether it's interesting. And what, and what re people really like the most is how does it affect you, an individual? How did it change you? What sort of, you know, emotional experiences did it provoke in you? And what, can, what will happen when I experience this? This is what you have to do. You have to focus on the audience. You have to delve into the issues that people really want to know about. And whether you're a fiction author or a nonfiction author, it just doesn't matter. You've got to basically communicate your knowledge, your feelings, benefits, personal experiences that you know, you've had, personal experiences that they can have. This is what you need to offer a media audience. This is your mission, and this has to be your focus no matter who you are. Well, those are all great points, and uh, I think our fiction people will be greatly encouraged by that. Uh, in, in terms of aiming the, uh, the news release, is there a way to aim it at book reviewers, or should I always aim for the big enchilada, the feature story hook? Well, you know, I, uh, it depends what you want. Actually, you know, it depends what you're trying to accomplish and do. If you're, uh, you know, writing a book and you really believe that, you know, uh, in that the book belongs in libraries, you know, you have to go through the, the stages of promoting to different media at different, you know, phases of your publication process. And so if you're going for pre-publication reviews in library journals, there's, you know, 20, 30 media that need to get galleys of the book, 
and that you want to give plenty of lead time to, so that the, you know, so that they can write about it right at the, you know, at the at the at the crest of publication. Uh, once you publish a book, uh, you know, then the book review um, type of PR uh, doesn't have as much value. And the reason is, is that book reviews don't, aren't very helpful in selling product beyond the pre-publication reviews. Um, once you have a book out there, you've got to energize people. Emotional engagement is going to is and feature stories which tell human interest stories and which provide real value and real entertainment. That's what gets people interested in something that's already there. Um, you know, even you know, you look at what's being in, you know covered and how people are writing about Sarah Palin's book. Uh, they're writing about you know the emotional impact it has, uh, you know, and and the impact it has on real people. Uh, you know, they're they're. They're not so much just giving a book review about whether it's good writing or bad writing. They're, they're talking about, um, you know, how it, you know, it affects people and how much or how little, um, as the case may be. Um, what, what really happens is that, you know, um, you're, you, you, let's say you want to get the feature story or you want to just get some coverage. The question is, is what type of coverage is the best for you to drive your income? Now, uh, this is where there's the... Um, the targeting is really crucial because obviously, you know, the, the, the right message in front of the right people produces the best response. And the best response, especially if it's economic, means sales, income. Um, so if you write a problem-solving tips article for a non-fiction book and you place it in front of people who uh, have a, that problem, you'll get a good response. If you write uh, a great problem-solving tips article but it goes out to a general media um, very, very few people in that audience may have the problem. And this is why some of the biggest media aren't, are poor places for publicity. Sometimes some of the best economics is generated by putting a, the right type of message in front of the right people. So, for example, you know, let's just say you wrote a science fiction book. You know, there's only, you know, 35, 40 media out there that matter, and maybe 80 all told. So there's no point in going out to thousands of newspapers because how many avid science fiction readers are reading a newspaper compared to how many science fiction readers are reading the latest science fiction magazine? Well, there's a difference between 100,000 readers and maybe one-tenth of one percent are science fiction readers in a newspaper compared to 10,000 avid science fiction fans who buy the, the, the science fiction magazine and read it every month. So where would you rather be? Well, and then what would you rather have in front of them? A simple book review or a story that's an example of the rest of your book, an excerpt, or um, even an independent you know, piece of writing that's never been published before. You've got to basically put out your best when you put in publicity. I often tell people to forget the book. What can you say that knocks people's socks off regardless of whether it's in the book or outside of the book? When are you at your best? When you get really spontaneous, when you start talking super energetically and you're just basically raving and ranting about your topic, that's usually when you're going to really capture people's attention. I want to know what are you saying. You really got to think about this because, you know, and oftentimes if you're trying to figure out what do I put into a news release like this, you need to work with somebody and think back on what are you saying to people, you know, that, that gets them to buy your book. Or get some interested and say, oh, I'm interested in that. Why don't you get me one? How do I get one? It's those statements, those little tiny three-minute conversations you have with, having with people that you have to remember. Oftentimes, that's what you need. I often say, hey, speak, and then work with somebody who's going to watch the audience and say, hey, when you said that, two people were, who were talking to each other, they stopped talking to each other, and they drilled you with attention. Now, that's the statement we need to know. What did you say that did that? Now, I liken this to creating candy. Um, I, ha I have, I have a, a little theory that I talk about. It. I call it the electronic vending machine theory. Um, now, everybody knows what a vending machine is, right? It's packed with cake, candy, cookie dough. It's a machine that sits there. You know, you put it in Grand Central Station. You put it, put it in a well-traffic location somewhere. And, you know, people go by. They see the, the vending machine. They stop by. They, you know, make a selection, drop in their money. They hit the buttons. Out comes the candy that they selected, and away they go. Now, what happens afterwards? If it's really, 
good candy. It's almost infallible. The sensation of physical pleasure, the, the, the emotion and the, the feeling of satisfaction produces a flood of chemical hormones in the brain, and it results in memory, chemical memory. And so an emotional experience like enjoyment, you always remember where you got something that produced enjoyment. It's infallible. It's a human trait. And that's because this is how we survived coming out of the caveman era, uh, is that things that felt good, we did again. Uh, so you can always find, remember, where you got something good. Now, what's really interesting is that on the Internet and with writing, um, now you're talking intellectual candy. You're talking about things that people read or listen to or watch that produce the same effect. And if you really compare you know, this, the, your creation to candy, then you'll see you have products, services, software, and the information. Products need to be manufactured and delivered. Software is nice. It can be uploaded and it just downloads quick, quick, quick onto a machine. Uh, product services need to be performed. And then intel, you know, knowledge, uh, information, can be delivered any number of ways, from the old way, which is a product called a book, all the way to um, information over the phone, uh, videos, tapes, uh, you, you name it, uh, web seminars. I mean, this is information, you know, uh, one-hour counseling sessions. You know, information can be given and you can pay for it any number of ways. What's really important to recognize is that with all this intellectual property, you have to produce candy. So the first step is create a product that tastes like candy. And then the second step is to learn how to communicate it so that even the communication of it makes people want to experience more sensation. This is the key. This is the success. Now, I call this the miracle of the microcosm because, you see, what's so amazing is that, you know, we have a, this nation of 330 million people in the U.S. and Canada, um, 330 million people who have been basically now trained from birth in the United States with, you know, with how they look at, interpret, and respond to media and the messages, and the media learn, has learned how to turn us on with the DPAA plus H and with the microcommunications and the little snippets you see. Basically, they engage you emotionally and look at shock and reality TV. Look at everything you see. This process occurs everywhere. And what's amazing to me is that it's still, if you're a, if you're a, a creator, and if you have intellectual property, you're trying to get to, to motivate people to take action. You can learn how to do this anywhere. This is, I call this the miracle of the micro, microcosm. And that's because one-on-one -on -one in the middle of Kansas, in the middle of Idaho, in the middle of nowhere, you can learn what to say to turn people on. You can basically test and try conversation after conversation until you get people to respond and act positively, the way you want them to. In other words, you can talk for 30 seconds, you can talk for three minutes, and you can practice this and prove to yourself that you have the magic words. And then you can apply technology as a force multiplier. Then you can put out news releases containing these magic words. Then you can put out blogs and conversations on discussion groups and you know forums. And then you can put these words into audio and podcasts and video. Um, you can talk about these subjects this way in chat rooms and, and blogs and, and even, you know, putting it on landing pages and tweeting it on Twitter. This is the miracle of the microcosm. You can learn how to create, you can learn and practice and create the magic words, and then you can apply the technology. And that's what this is really all about. That's why news releases properly done are so powerful. And that's because when you learn, once you learn the magic words and place them in a news release, then you're giving it to other publishers. And some of those audiences are hungry. They're just waiting for, you know, candy. Amen. You, you call it candy, I call it crack. Uh, it's great stuff. Now, we've got time for one last question, and I know our listeners would, would kill me if I didn't say, now we've got the perfect news release, what next? How do we get it out there? Well, the next step is to send it to the right media. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of media out there. Um, let's just start with the prime media first. You know, there's, uh, there's PR firms. There's a lot of different places to, you know, to get media lists online. Um, the real problem is, is identifying the right media. Um, 
you know, that's that's the first challenge. Uh, you need to basically identify the right media. You have um, 1,600 daily newspapers in the United States. You have 6,900 weekly newspapers. There's 12,000 magazines. There's over 6,500 radio talk shows. There's another 6,000, 8,000 TV shows and, and stations. And, and then you have 400 plus news services, news syndicates. And then you've got the online counterparts to all of that. And then you've got all these other technologies. You have to use, you know, search engines or search engine tools or software like Sission, or you go to a PR firm or you buy a targeted list somewhere. Um, you need to get a really good custom targeted list. It has to match the things that the people you can help the most, the people you can entertain the most, has to match your target audience. And you have to try and get that list. And then you have to send your news release to them. That's really the key. Now, let's just say you, you can hit the prime media by working with somebody like me or another PR firm, or, and you can send out a news release. Uh, you also have all the online technologies. You can use search engines to search web pages. You can use regular search engines. You could use new search engines. You can use all the specialized search engines. There's now search engines for libraries, directories, databases, newsletters, e-signs, forums. You could search Twitter for the groups. You could search Facebook for the, for the groups and the clubs and the discussion groups. And um, There's ways to reach them. The challenge, though, is, is that while the technology continues to evolve and get smaller and faster, um, you know, the, the way people receive the news changes. Uh, the message you create, though, and, and what you pitch, um, that's the crucial starting point. It has to be candy. It has to be intellectual candy. It has to be this dramatic personal achievement in the face of diversity. Then you have to format it to match the technology. So you can take the same core problem-solving information, and you can, yeah, you can use it in a news release. You can also use it in an article. You can present it to, uh, to blogs and e-signs. The same way you can present it to newspapers and magazines. You have to just match the format needs of the technology you're dealing with. Now, I got a special talk, a special, you know, little, you know, side sidelight here about dealing with blogs and bloggers. Bloggers have uh, basically gotten to to sort of be. I sort of think it's sort of like a, a certain type of snootiness, but um, at the same time, they're really no different than any other media. Uh, they, they want you to, to basically read, do your homework, and study what they do before you send a pitch. Uh, they want you to, to basically you know, treat them really special and write to them one-on-one. Um, and that's in order for them to give you the coverage that you need, whether it be a, you be a blog guest or uh, be a, an article that they're going to talk about or a book they're going to talk about. They just won't review product. At least some of them won't. Um, I, I, I continue to, to send news releases to blogs and see phenomenal responses from blogs. Um, it's just that some of them write back and are grieved that we're not writing to them personally. They object to uh, receiving a news release. Well, you know, I say, you know, they've got to recognize that they're now journalists, they're now media, and they should, you know, see past the format and focus on the content and decide whether the content's, you know, worthy or not. Um, those that do are using material. Some people you'll send a news release or you won't, you know, take, you know, give them the degree. They'll still call it standardized, uh, and they'll, they'll respond negatively to your pitch and your proposal. This goes with the territory. You're going to be, you know, have to realize just how many media there are out there, and you have to basically do what you can to communicate with these media. Uh, some people you'll be able to please, some people you won't. Um, but you have to focus on what are you getting out of this effort. Um, and this is, Paul, probably a good time to just really close this up because, I mean, we could go on for a long time, and obviously we need to have you here again to continue this conversation. But I'm, as I listen to you, I just what I really got out of it, you know, times are really changing. And it's just really, really important for us as authors to be really on top of the current trends and what's really going on, what are people wanting to hear and um, let's just basically sums up what you had said, and I'm, uh, I'm really grateful that you came on and uh, gave us the time to um, give us all this information. And uh, what I do know is that you have an e-book on one of your websites, and it's called Trash Proof News Releases, and it's free, and it's available on uh, smashwords.com. That's smash, like smashing a bug, hmm. smashwords.com. Dot com. Uh, 
com, and I do have that uh, ebook, and it's really, really good. So I encourage our listeners to uh, go ahead and uh, go onto that website and download the uh, the ebook. And also, Paul, you have your own website that um, for the uh, press releases. Would you like to give us uh, that? Sure. Um, URL. Yeah. It's called Direct Contact PR, and it's directcontactpr.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you know anybody who goes there, you'll see that the the website does allow uh, you know you to you know read what I do for you know for people. Sure. And uh, and I do you know work with individuals and authors and publishers and uh, you know I work with anybody who's driven to try and mm-hmm. really you know help other people and uh, I'm certainly willing to advise and anybody can especially if you write a trash proof news release and want me to you want me to comment on it all you have to do is send it to me. Uh, the website also contains. Lots of articles. Uh, I have a blog that I continue to to post, you know, answers to questions <laughs> and things that occur to me uh, on. And then there's a lot of free downloads um, at the website. I've been basically building this up, uh, you know, as a resource for people to use when they're 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 really trying to figure out. That's great. That's great. And I know I've gone to both of your websites, and definitely I have to agree. There's a lot of great information and for um, the visitors to actually spend quite a bit of time. And so, again, I encourage the, our listening audience to go to smashwords.com and uh, get their uh, free ebook called Trash Proof News Releases and also go to Paul's website, directcontactpr.com. And thanks again. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Okay, listeners, this has been another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. We'll be back next time when our topic will be writing and publishing erotic romance novels, and our special guest is Deborah Hurd. You can learn more about all of our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. And for Reader Views, this is Irene Watson in Austin, Texas, saying good night. For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening. <laughs>